Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. My name is Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's get biblical. But before we do, we gotta let you know some stuff, such as, I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I was a Sunday school teacher for four long years. I sang in the youth group worship band. Now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not appropriate for children. Hooray! Children! One more thing you may have noticed at the top of the show. We are a part of the recordedhistory.net podcast label. (laughs) Yep. We got signed to a label. Um, If you're into history podcasts, please check out our label mates. Um, There's some really cool podcast in there about all sorts of different history topics recorded history.net it's dot com <laughs> it's not dot com it's dot net <laughs> um, <laughs> uh let's awfully see. confusing copy they sent us for that <laughs> what else uh we uh just got back from a two-week trip to india um and due to recording schedule uh difficulties we are recording this fuckery (laughs) fuckery we are recording this stone sober at the crack of dawn (laughs) so if we're not funny at all it's because we're missing our crutch and friend the demon alcohol that's correct (laughs) It's, it's good to be Back in the saddle, uh, we of course record from two mechanical bulls. <laughs> we want to thank all of our Patreon members <laughs> for for that money. We, we used spent to just it have, really well. Just have one mechanical bull. Now we have two, of course, which greatly improves the quality and consistency of the show. Uh, anyway, what what book are we talking about today? We're talking about an apocryphal book. An apocryphal book. Something. Apparently called the Apocalypse of Paul. Apocalypse of Paul. Uh, should I dive into some fast facts? I would love that. So there's actually two Apocalypses of Paul. Okay. Um, one is just like a very short fragment of a Gnostic text. It's in Coptic, so it's referred to as the Coptic Apocalypse of Paul. Uh, we don't really need to pay any attention to it. It's uh, boring and tiny. Yeah, to go behind. Like me. (laughs) Hey, first of all, you're delightfully petite. (laughs) Secondly, I find you tolerable. (laughs) Thank you, baby. That's what a good marriage is built on. Oh, also, we're married. (laughs) Someone wrote in, they like started listening to the podcast like at some point after we had stopped saying that we were dating. And they were like, wow, these two people have chemistry. Like they should date. (laughs) Uh, We did. And now we're married. Uh, So anyway, we are looking at... The other apocalypse of Paul, sometimes called the Latin apocalypse of Mm. Paul, because the only full version we have of it is in Latin, but it was originally written in Greek, and we have uh, incomplete or alternate versions of it in a few languages, uh, including Greek, Syriac, and Coptic. The Latin version that we have is from the 300s, but the original was probably written in the 200s. And it's based off of this passage in the regular Bible. In 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 6, which is a hilariously stereotypical Paul passage, uh, which I will read to you in its entirety now. I must go on boasting. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Uh, Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, 
whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. <laughs> uh, and then I think the next part is where he's like, I'm actually so strong as a Christian that God had to like send me demons to just to calm me down a little. <laughs> but, um, he still is not quite sure whether he's pro or anti-boasting. Yeah, it's, it's a big problem for him. And uh, so the premise of the apocalypse of Paul is that the man who was caught up to heaven, mm-hmm. maybe in the body, maybe not, I don't know, God knows, uh, was Paul himself, even though this passage goes to great lengths to say that it wasn't Paul himself. Because... And then he knows very little about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's still a strange thing to be in the real Bible, right? Yeah, it is. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, and it's especially weird because it sounds Gnostic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, with the third heaven mm-hmm. and also with, like, there's, like, secret knowledge that he can't tell. And maybe he moved there in body and maybe he moved there in spirit right. or whatever as if, like, they were not linked. Right. Um. So it is weird. Um. But it is in the regular Bible, and that is what the Apocalypse of Paul is based on. It's basically going to tell the story of Paul getting caught up to heaven and learning all this, all these amazing things about how heaven and hell work. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't understand how it switched from being, there's this guy I know, and it's definitely not me because I couldn't boast about myself. But now it's... Well, maybe that's what he's it. trying to say. Oh, I see. He's like... I would never boast about going to the third heaven and learning unspeakable secrets, (laughs) but I knew a guy 14 years ago who did. Um, Church fathers condemned this book because it's very obviously not actually by Paul. Super fake. Yeah. Um, But it became very popular and it is actually the basis for a lot of kind of default Western beliefs about heaven and hell. Um, it, It builds on. The Apocalypse of Peter, mm-hmm. which we read uh, in a in a different episode a few months back, um, which also did, which was also like an influence on Western ideas about hell. But um, what's interesting about this one, the Apocalypse of Paul, is that Dante might actually have read it when he wrote the Divine Comedy. Mm. So it might be like directly influenced by this. Um, there's this part at the beginning of the Inferno where the narrator is like, you know. Aeneas went to the underworld while still alive. Paul went to the underworld while still alive. Mm. But like, I'm just a regular guy. I don't know, you know, if I'm really worthy to take this journey. I don't know if I can handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be referencing Second Corinthians or it might be referencing the Apocalypse of Paul. Or he might not have read it, read it, but, you know, but there might the be like idea a legend, that Paul yeah. went to the uh, space zone. What's it called? Heaven. <laughs> yeah, the space zone. Mm-hmm. That's how most Christians refer to it. So, shall we dive in? I would love to. So, it starts off quoting 2 Corinthians, Mm -hmm. that passage that I just read. Which is just like the beginning of, like, Dracula or Frankenstein. This is an epistolary novel. (laughs) Epistle. It's a a Pauline epistolary novel. (laughs) That's right. Um, Then we get a few paragraphs of a weird, unnecessary frame story. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The unnecessary frame story. Yeah. Where it's like, I found this diary and it tells this amazing story. Yes. So there's this guy in Tarsus, where Paul is from. You know, he's Saul of Tarsus. Um, And he's living in a house that Paul used to live in. Mm -hmm. And an angel appears to him 
and tells him to break up the foundation of the house and publish that which he found. Which is reminds me of Mormon scripture more than anything. Oh, me. really? Yeah. Angels visiting people and telling them to dig to tablets dig. out of the ground. Um, the guy thinks the angel is lying. Uh, intense procrastination skills. <laughs> I could how do that. You, how would you, <laughs> it's so bold of a choice to be like, what if, I mean, this is amazing that this angel is visiting and telling me to do this, but what if he's lying to me? <laughs> or maybe it's just like, I must be going crazy. Like, mm. I know an angel isn't telling me to dig up my house. I see. Like, he looks at the angel and then he looks to the bottle of booze and he yeah, pours yeah, it out. Yeah, Never yeah. again. Never again. Or maybe he's just like, you know, I read, what was it? Ezekiel, where he had to dig through his walls with his hands. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm into that. I don't feel like being involved in any metaphors today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the angel keeps appearing to him and starts whipping him. <laughs> so then he does it. And he finds a marble box inscribed with the words, the revelation of St. Paul, i.e. the very text that we're reading right now. Mm-hmm. So meta. Um, the man is scared to open the box so he brings it to a judge right fair the judge is scared to open the box so he brings it to the emperor <laughs> so that that escalated quickly and uh and then we switch to the text itself here's what that text said so now paul is narrating uh and we're in the first person and paul says that god spoke to him we're in like nesting heavenly nesting visions yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Paul says God spoke to him rather like he spoke to the Old Testament prophets. Right. So it's it's not very focused on Jesus. Um, and God is like, tell people to stop sinning and repent. Uh, it's getting out of hand. <laughs> I I created this whole world and humans are the only things sinning. You know, like the flowers aren't sinning. The animals aren't sinning. Which raised more questions in my mind than it answered. I agree. <laughs> um the sun, the moon, and the stars are constantly telling me, God, we're sick of watching all these humans sucking and fucking down there. Mm-hmm. Please just let us burn them to death. <laughs> and God has to be like, I know, I know, just hang in there. They're going to repent one of these days. I just know it. The oceans and the rivers are like, please just let us drown them. <laughs> the earth is like, please let us stop producing food. <laughs> like, all of God's creation is crying out to him to let them please just destroy these disgusting humans Mm -hmm. and god is like no 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 they're gonna repent if they don't then i'll judge them like don't worry i got this so then paul is like you know okay lesson everyone keep praying everyone keep repenting right um especially at sunset (laughs) because that's when the angel that lives inside of you sneaks out and runs up to heaven Mm -hmm. to snitch on you Mm -hmm. uh paul and then it's back before you wake up yeah (laughs) Paul uh, witnesses one of these snitching sessions, and then he snitches to us about it. Isn't the and isn't the whole journey sort of predicated on the idea that Paul is like, you know, people would be more into praying and following your laws if they had some specific idea about how the system works. Yes, like you've given us general ideas about judgment and about all this stuff, but like people are very. Detail oriented. What if they're visual learners? You know? <laughs> yeah. What if they're kinetic learners? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so God says, Oh, you want details? Yeah. Come on upstairs. <laughs> yes. Um, so here's here's what show Paul you how the donuts are made. <laughs> uh some angels show up that are uh in charge of wandering holy men who mm-hmm. 
who renounce the world and wander around in caves. They wear loincloths and they're constantly weeping. And so they, you know, fly up at sunset. Well, everybody's constantly weeping in this text. That's true. Uh, they, they fly up to heaven at sunset and God's like, you know, great work. Love it. Jesus is going to watch out for your guys. You know, great. Who's next? Another group of angels is like, okay, our guys, they're not doing so hot. They say their prayers, but like they're not good prayers. Like they don't really mean it. They keep finding excuses to sin. And God's like, okay, okay, try and get those numbers up. Love to see these sinners repent. If not, I'll judge them. You don't even have to worry about it. Um, Then an angel tells Paul that he's going to take him up to heaven. I guess we're not really in heaven yet. We're in the... The, the snitching realm, we're in the foyer. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and so then an angel's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the the factory tour." Takes him up another level or whatever, and I guess just like underneath heaven, Paul sees all these sin spirits. There's the spirit of slander, the spirit of wrath, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also sees these crazy battle angels. Yeah. Um, it says their that checks out. <laughs> their teeth are sticking out of their mouths. Their eyes are glowing and sparks of fire are coming out of their hair and mouths. And the tour guide angel says, like, these are the angels that are there to bring sinners in front of God when the sinners die. Yeah. Their eyes shone like the morning star of the cast. Yeah. Mm. Don't know what that means, but it sounds bad. It does. Uh, There's also some some nice angels who are who are wearing golden clothes and holding palm leaves and um, those are there to take, you know, righteous people in front of God when they die. I like this. Those angels, their specific goal is to escort the, you know, the winners in life yeah. up to meet God. But the best the thing. The winners is, and the non-sinners. That's right. The best thing is even righteous people would be terrified to meet God yes. naturally. So that's why they have special angels to be. To, to like, like reassure them. Prop them up and yes. be like, hey, you got this. It's just God. Yes. The tour guide says everyone has to go in front of God when they die. You know, sinner or not. But if you have one of these nice golden shiny angels, then you're not scared. Um, so then Paul gets to watch as a, a righteous man dies and the nice angels take this soul up to heaven. Um, it has to pass through these like sin spirits, the spirit of wrath and stuff. But like they like snickersnag at the at the coattails. Of yeah, the... yeah. But but this is a righteous soul. So they can't even they can't even touch him. Um, and the angels bring it before God and they're like, you know, this guy was great. Always following your rules. Couldn't ask for a nicer guy. God's like, great, thumbs up. Um, and the soul is led into paradise. And then we get the same process with a wicked man who dies. Um, interestingly, it doesn't specify any sins that this man has committed. Like we saw that like the sun and the moon and stuff were complaining about specific things. They were like murder, theft, fornication. Like uh-huh. we're sick of seeing all this, this wickedness. But here the guy, his wickedness is just that. He says he will, quote, eat and drink and enjoy the things that are in the world. Because who can say if there's even a heaven or hell? Like nobody's right. nobody's come back from the dead to tell us there's a heaven and hell. I'm just going to enjoy Earth. So he was presumably like outwardly pious or whatever, but. Or he was just like neutral. Just neutral. Yeah. yeah. So sorry that being a reasonable human being. is. A, I'm going to use the evidence in the world right. to determine my actions. <laughs> Idiot. Fucking clown. <laughs> yeah. So, You're going to get laughed at by angels in heaven. Yeah. So this guy gets brought before God. God's like, fuck this clown. And he gets sent into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And there's a weird one where the angels bring a third soul up, which has been dead for seven days, but hasn't been sorted yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
One of the angels has a list of all this soul's sins, starting at age 10. Before 10, you're fine. Right. Age 10 is when it starts counting. This is a great section because it establishes some rules very clearly about like when sins count, which is like, I assume one of the questions that Christians had at the time. Yeah. And Catholics have a specific doctrine, right? There's the age of reason. Yeah. I don't know precisely what it is. Um, So this angel offers to read God this list of sins and he, the angel is like, why don't we start at age 15? Like I'll give him, I'll give him between 10 and 15. Yeah. Yeah. For free. Um, and interestingly, God will give him even more time. He says, actually, I just want to hear the last five years of this guy's life. Because if, everybody should get a chance to repent. To repent. Yeah. So if he's repented in the last five years and changed his ways and become a godly man, I don't care what he did before that. It's pretty reasonable. Uh, unfortunately, this person committed murder like one year ago. <laughs> so he gets thrown into hell. And then there's this weird thing about how like the reason that he hadn't been sorted yet is because he had to wait for like his murder victim to also be sorted. Yes, you can't. You People have to go in it, pairs. In pairs. If you, if you, if murder, you murder somebody. somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't get why. Like he murdered the person a year ago. So that person has been waiting a year. But then why did he have to wait seven days? I, I mean, the gears of justice turns slowly apparently i mean there's there's a lot of time right there's no time pressure on this they've got they've got forever literally so and god can decide whenever judgment day is so yeah yeah um then tour guide angel takes paul to the the pearly gates which are actually golden gates much like the entrance to the san francisco bay before we do that yes i just want to discuss what the sinner in the last section said when god said you know okay You've actually sinned uh-huh. in the last five years, yeah. so you don't make the cutoff. A pretty so, bad one. Yeah. So <laughs> Murder. first of all, last five years, very generous cutoff. Yeah. Which is, I believe, what they're trying to establish as the doctrine. Yeah. But I love that the sinner says, Lord, I have not sinned. And the righteous Lord God was wroth with indignation when it said, I have not sinned, for it lied. <laughs> another. Can you imagine just blatantly lying to God's face? <laughs> another very bold move. <laughs> I like, first of all, thinking that an angel would be lying to you. And second of all, being like, maybe I can talk my way out of this one. Uh, all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe. I didn't sin. I didn't do it. Knowing that you killed someone a year ago. So the angel's reading off the list of your sins and be like. From age 10. Nah, that one, I didn't do that. No, that one wasn't me. Very bold choice. <laughs> so then we, we go through the gates um, and... Everyone in heaven immediately starts running up to Paul and hugging him. and Everybody cries. Yeah, they're so glad to see him. They're just weeping. And, and I have they, a feeling that this the Latin translation may not have understood exactly what weeping meant. Unless everybody's actually supposed to be bawling the I whole think, time. I think that it's supposed to be everybody's just very demonstrably emotional. I think I it's just supposed to convey to us the, the, the strength of the emotions in mm. heaven. Um, I love that everyone we meet is just so happy to see paul because mm-hmm. he's so righteous yeah and um here they're like i wish everyone could be like you paul because look how great heaven is and it's it's just so tragic that people sin and then they don't get to come here you know i just wish everyone could come here and share this beautiful heaven with us like you then there's this there's this great there's like two sentences where the tour guide angel briefly takes paul aside and he's like okay Here's some secret words for you. You can't tell anyone else. And that just, I guess, fulfills. That's like 
to make the second Corinthians verse work because the second Corinthians verse said that the guy who went to heaven like learned stuff that's forbidden to tell. But obviously most of this stuff isn't forbidden to tell because he's telling us. So there's just like this two sentences where it's like, and then the angel told me some stuff that I can't repeat. Anyway, back to heaven. (laughs) You have to buy Paul's diamond level e-course to hear all the details about that. Um, I mean, I guess it would be kind of sketchy if you're like, yes, I went up to heaven and I was told these these unspeakable secrets. And now I'm going to tell you and just openly flout God's laws. I mean, it would be like lying to God's face, right? (laughs) It'd be rude at the very least. Yeah, yeah. He's really skirting the NDA by even saying that he was told the unspeakable (laughs) things. It's true. Um, then moving on, the angel shows Paul the land of promise, Mm -hmm. which is like the earth, but quote, seven times brighter than silver. Sounds unpleasant. Blinding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's flowing with milk and honey. There's these huge trees bearing thousands of fruits. I love the in-depth descriptions of the trees. Oh yes. We get, we get like the specific species of the trees and, and how fruitful they are. Yeah. And the edition that we read also included little interjections from the Syriac edition, which had extra lines or extra descriptions mm-hmm. that didn't make it into most versions. And whoever wrote the Syriac went, was like way off on their bullshit because they loved these little details. They were obsessed with all the fruits. They were like, in the Syriac version, the trees had 10,000 branches that each had 10,000 branches, <laughs> each of which bore, you know, a thousand fruits. Oh God, that's like terrible to behold. I know, right? <laughs> like that's just like, an impossible first of all how small are the fruits <laughs> if we're talking like little fractal like yeah exactly it's it's some huge terrifying fractal thing with thousands of identical branches and fruits i also like that the angel's like and guess what this isn't even the best heaven this one's just for married people who didn't cheat but there's an even better one for people who stayed virgins their whole life right i it's so weird that a religious movement that frowned on sex even within marriage became so popular. <laughs> like, I don't know how it gained that much traction. It's like a major, major fault. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, next thing they see is a lake whiter than milk. And the angel explains that it's named Akarusa. Mm. Now, if that sounds familiar, the Greek underworld, of course, has the river Acheron, oh. you know, which Charon ferries you across. Right. Um, Acherusius means marsh-like water mm-hmm. in Greek. If I can step into the etymology corner for a moment. Um, there there are actually multiple real-life rivers in Greece that people named Acheron mm. and real-life lakes that people named Acherusia. So, Which just showed their small-mindedness. It's like <laughs> the, on the other side of that river, you know, the one like 20 yeah, like miles away? Hell is right over there. <laughs> that's the, where the dead people live. Yeah, yeah. So you can definitely see some Greek influence here. Like there's influence from like what Greeks thought the afterlife mm-hmm. was. Did you mention what the four rivers were? Um, oh yeah, we're about to get to that. Okay. So first of all, when sinners repent before they die, like in the five year grace period, mm-hmm. I guess, they get to go to the city of Christ, but an angel has to wash them off in the milk lake first. Right. So they don't contaminate heaven. Okay, so now we're getting on the golden boat. It's important to know that if it's only safe to bathe in flowing milk. Still milk can be quite dangerous because <laughs> it develops a skin. Right. Yes. And of course, mosquitoes like to breed in it. That's right. Um, milk skeetos. <laughs> milk skeetos. Okay. So we're getting on the golden boat, sailing across the milk pond into the city of Christ. Everything's gold. There's huge golden walls because that's how you Ooh, these guys, these guys indicate love, that a city is impressive. Love their walls almost as much as they love their trees. Yes. 
this is an amazing part of this text because it says, And they that dwelt in the city of Christ rejoiced greatly over me as I came unto them, and I entered in and saw the city of Christ. And it was all of gold, and twelve walls compassed it about, and there were twelve towers within. And every wall had a furlong between them. And I said unto the angel, Lord, how much is one furlong? (laughs) That's a question I also had as a reader. Yes. I love, this is good writing because... You know the reader has a question, and you have a character in the in the story be <laughs> to like, ask that question for us. What's yeah. furlong again? It's like Harry Potter. You know, he doesn't know how any of this magic right. works, so it has the to be the character is to being him. introduced, yeah, yeah. so it makes sense. It's in universe, and the angel replies, "It is as much as there is betwixt the Lord God and the men that are on the earth for the great city of Christ is alone." Which I don't think is the technical is the technical definition of, definition of a furlong. Of a furlong. <laughs> That's not the metric system. No. They don't have, they don't have one of those in a museum somewhere. Oh no! The, yeah, the first furlong. The first furlong. Yeah, and it's like it's like eight light years long. Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, Fun fact: because of the material the first furlong was made out of, since it's been made, is it's actually shrunk it's by actually less than one percent. Yeah. Uh, so the city of Christ has four rivers made of milk, honey, oil, and wine. There you go. Uh, two of the rivers are named Tigris and Euphrates. Mm-hmm. So maybe do a second pass on that. I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> there's some weird thing at the entrance to the city where like people who did good works, but were boastful about it can like get into the city limits, but they can't get any farther. And there's like trees that are bowing down and doing penance for them. Um, there's lots of, lots of edge cases in the city of Christ. Yeah. Every little thing is thought of. Yeah. Um, and of course we meet, we meet some famous prophets. We meet Abraham Isaac and Jacob, and they're all very excited to meet Paul. King David is on a, a very tall altar in the middle of the city singing Alleluia. And uh, again, Paul asks... Uh, is, that, is that a Leonard Cohen song? Paul asks, what does Alleluia mean? <laughs> and actually... He's like, is this a sarcastic song? Or is it ironic, I mean, or is it genuine? Actually, th- this has been a thing throughout the text where, where Paul asks these types of questions. And um, in this case, the angel actually very passively aggressively is like, wow, you ask a lot of questions, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Can't just shut up and enjoy God's yeah. bounty. <laughs> and then he tells him like, oh, alleluia. Um, it's in this language called Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And this is like the language that God and the angels speak. Like Paul was raised as a Pharisee. I think he knows what Hebrew is. He's been praying in Hebrew his whole life. But after meeting this whole who's who, frankly, the who's who of who's who in A heaven. rogue's gallery, but the opposite of a rogue. Right. A mage's gallery mm. of prophets. I think that checks out. <laughs> After meeting all these people, he gets shown to the other side. The bad place. That's right. The, the naughty zone. The naughty zone. And we will explore that naughty zone in great detail on this podcast after a quick break. You can hear some music and we'll be right back with more Sandy Scroll Dropbox.
Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we are reading The Apocalypse of Paul. We just took a little Jelly Belly Factory tour of heaven with Paul and some tour guide angel. And we got to each pick a handful of our favorite flavor of angels, <laughs> put them in our pocket. <laughs> if you grew up remotely close to the Bay Area, you've toured the Jelly, Fa Jelly Belly Factory at least seven times mm -hmm. as a child. Uh, now we are descending into the hell portion of the tour uh, in one of our hotels in India. Not my favorite part of the Jelly Belly Factory tour. <laughs> yeah, either. that's pretty brutal to show kids. The grass flavor <laughs> and the earwax, vomit alas, flavor. earwax. Um, in our hotel in India, one of the hotels we stayed at, there was a floor zero and a floor negative one. Mm -hmm. So here we are descending to floor negative, I don't know, negative 10 probably, negative infinity more like. And uh, we're going to see you what's really up, showed him there, baby. Nice what's up in hell. First thing we see in hell, I have a problem with. Okay. <laughs> because there's a bunch of people in a river of fire. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all up to like different heights in, in the river of fire. And Paul is like, okay, like what did these people do, you know, to deserve this? And the angel's like, oh, they were just kind of average. <laughs> like they weren't righteous or wicked. They like did some good stuff and some bad stuff. Apparently that gets you an eternal river of fire. Yeah. Eleanor Shell's drop is right. There needs to be a medium place. Um, then we see these huge dark pits full of, you know, forsaken souls. And I love that somehow Paul's reaction is like, oh, no, you're going to run out of room yeah. in those pits. <laughs> he's like, give this 30, 40 generations. There's, there's going to be too many people. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I see a problem with your plan right now. And the angel's like, don't worry. We've already planned for he's this. Like, don't worry. The pits are bottomless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the direct quote is, the abyss hath no measure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, glad we could sort that logistical hiccup out. Um, then we see clergy getting punished who were like secretly sinning while pretending to be righteous. Yeah. Two of the specific punishments that you get up front are for clergy and bishops who are bad at yes. their jobs. And, then, and it goes through different types of clergy. Mm -hmm. There's like priests, bishops, like even like cantors. Mm -hmm. And we see, like, you know, adulterers, usurers, That's as close as it gets to, like, a specific doctrine or something and not just, like, a sideshow trip through the horrors of through hell. Through the carnival of hell, yeah. yeah. Um, most importantly, we see what happens to people who mock the word of God. Mm. That's us. Oh, yeah, that's definitely us. Um, so we're going to be placed on, I think, a narrow ledge with a wall behind us and a fire in front of us, and we're going to gnaw our tongues. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to gnawing my tongue in eternal torment with you, baby. Something they don't know is I have a fucking mouth guard that I sleep with, <laughs> so I don't gnaw on anything anymore. One step ahead of you, fuckos. <laughs> Girls who lost their virginity and their parents didn't know it get uh, red hot irons around their necks. People who didn't observe fasts correctly get a uh, tantalus situation where there's water and fruit in front of them, but they can't eat or drink it. Again, some some influence from the Greek conception of the underworld. I, that one is even described as these are they that break the fast before the time appointed. Oh, yes. Break as in B-R-A-K-E, mm -hmm. the, the past tense of B-R-E-A-K. What if what if instead of like putting E-D at the end of words, we just like Change the spelling. We just anagrammed them. <laughs> that was how you formed the past tense. I think break. that would make us a lot of friends. Break. <laughs> a lot of friends in the world. The future is B-Rack. You can mostly get it from context. Um, people who mistreated the orphans, widows, and the poor get their hands and feet cut off. Uh, they're placed naked in ice and snow and worms devour them. 
eventually Paul gets frankly fed up with being showed an endless litany of human suffering um he does what does he he does he He says i sighed and wept and said woe unto men woe unto the sinners to what end were they born and the angel answered and said unto me wherefore weepest thou art more merciful than the lord god which is blessed forever who hath established the judgment and left every man of his own will to choose good or evil and to do as pleaseth him Yet again I wept very sore, and he said unto me, Weepest thou, when as yet thou hast not seen the greater torments? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Follow me, and thou shalt see sevenfold greater than these. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, Paul's like, what's the point of even being born if most people, it seems like, end up being in, tortured for eternity? Yeah, yeah. And the angel's and like, angel's like, what, you think you're God? You think you know better than God? Yeah. Anyway, you haven't seen shit anyway, <laughs> so you don't even know. Like, you're weeping now? <laughs> Gay people are covered with dust. Uh, their appearance was as blood, and they were in a pit of pitch and brimstone and borne down in a river of fire. Mm-hmm. Uncharitable people get dragons twined about their necks and shoulders and feet. Mm-hmm. Which is a penalty for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not... It sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, then they come to this well that's sealed shut with seven seals. Mm-hmm. And the angel's like, okay, stand back because we're going to break these seals and it's going to smell real bad. <laughs> and then they, so they, Break the seals and they open the well, and then it says, quote, there arose out of it a stench, hard and evil exceedingly, which surpassed all the torments. So it smells so bad that it's worse than all of this shit that he's seen so far. Mm-hmm. Also, it's full of fire. And down there are people who don't think Christ came in the flesh, <laughs> don't think uh, the Virgin Mary gave birth to Christ, mm-hmm. uh, or don't think that the communion bread and wine are the body and blood of Christ. So if you deviate from... From Orthodox doctrine in any way. Like, if you don't believe in transubstantiation, if you don't believe in the doctrine of the Incarnation, you get, into the stink pit with you. You get the worst stink of all stinks, which, again, raises more questions than it answers for me. Because, like, how do they d- determine sin overlap here? Like, Yeah, that's so true. So everybody outside the pit? Because that seems like the worst punishment. So you think the worst sin would take precedence. Right. Like, why punish someone for you know, un- uncharitability when they deny that Jesus came to earth in the flesh. <laughs> right. But so that's saying that everybody else believes those three points of doctrine, but, but have, something just, else? have just made other mistakes. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But now we're going to get to the real juicy stuff because now the Archangel Michael appears mm-hmm. and everyone in all the different hell stations is like, Michael, Michael <laughs> I love you. Michael. Please have pity on us. We didn't know we'd go to hell. <laughs> now that we're actually in hell, we're really sorry. <laughs> now that we're being eternally tormented, we really wish we'd done things differently. And Michael's like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm up here. I'm up here praying for you 24-7. He's like, I stand next to God and all I do is pray for humans. And you're down there fucking sticking needles in your dicks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and you expect to get a uh, get out of hell free card? Doesn't work that way. Then Jesus himself comes down. Mm-hmm. And all the people are like, please, Jesus. Jesus I love you. <laughs> You're infinitely merciful. Please have mercy on us. And Jesus is like, um, I literally died on the cross for you. <laughs> you he still, gets real shitty about I, it. You still wouldn't stop sinning uh, uh, now that you're getting tortured, you're sorry. And this is the great part. He's like, okay, I don't want to disappoint my friend Paul here. Like, why did he wrote Paul into being like good cop, bad cop? Yeah. Um, He's like, so here's what I'll do. I'll make you a deal. You can have one day and night a week off from being tortured. So now <laughs> now they get Sundays off. People mm-hmm. in hell get Sundays off. 
really demonstrates the power of organized labor. Big thank you to Jesus <laughs> for getting the day of rest instated in hell. Yes. <laughs> and thank you to Paul, even though he didn't propose it, but he was part of this somehow. Um, and yeah, and all the people are like, thank you so much, Jesus. This one day and night is going to be better than our entire lives on earth. We're so sorry for the sins. Again, if we had known <laughs> that this was going to be how we ended up, we would have acted differently. So this goes back to like what you were saying at the beginning. Like the point of this book is that Paul's like, you know, if people if people knew what was up, they'd right. probably act differently. Right. Um, if you knew that you were actually going to go to hell, yeah, you would you would act differently. And specifically, how bad that would yeah. be. Yeah. If you if you were going to get stuck in the stink pit or right. whatever. Um. This book really lays all of the blame at humanity's feet. <laughs> oh, very much so. I Everybody mean... in up and down the line from God to the angels is just like, look, you had a chance. I mean, to not, not even go just here. that the sun, the moon and the stars, like every single other thing in the universe <laughs> is working fine. Is working fine. So it's just and you they're all and disgusted your, by humanity. It's just you and your bad choices. Now, you'd think this would be the climax of the story. Like mm -hmm. we just met Jesus. Mm hmm. Um, Jesus, you know, treated our protagonist, Paul, like an honored guest. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul had a substantial effect on the fabric of the universe. He changed like hell's policies. And that's, this was also looping back in to the uh, canonical Bible, too, right? Where Jesus went down and preached. Well, the, uh, the harrowing of hell yeah. is not exactly in the canonical Bible. But, Fair enough. And I don't know precisely. I mean, when this was written in the 200s, I don't know if that was already doctrine or whatever, yeah, whatever. Regardless, you'd think that that would be the climax of the story. Um, but no, now we get a whole nother tour of heaven again. Well, now we're in paradise. Well, we're <laughs> we're getting some repeated material. Mm -hmm. um, and we read, you and I both read this old translation by someone named M.R. James. Not Mr. James, but M.R. James, although he's also Mr. James. Um, it's from 1924. M.R. Mr. <laughs> in the in the preface to his translation, he wrote, quote, the reader will see that the book is very badly put together and that whole episodes, e.g. visit to paradise, are repeated. This means that the author is combining different sources in a very unintelligent way. I did like that intro, so, which is what I've thought of a lot of other stuff in the Bible. I was like, this is poorly assembled. Yeah. <laughs> so whoever wrote this, they were, uh, you know, assembling some some stories and traditions that already existed. Mm -hmm. um, and they did it in not perhaps the most graceful way. Um, but I mean, that's true of lots of the canonical Bible, too. You know, mm -hmm. in the very first two chapters of Genesis are like different creation stories. So, yeah. Um, so, so the angel takes Paul to paradise, quote unquote, which I think in this specific passage means the Garden of Eden. Right. Um, and he's like, He's it's like, not clear if it's the original or if it's a recreation yeah. or something. And also he's like oddly blasé about it. He's yeah. like, you know, well, here it is. You know, here's where all the trouble started. Here's the tree of knowledge. Sure do wish Adam hadn't taken that apple from Eve. What a putz. Anyway. <laughs> he does get to visit the original tree, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, the Virgin Mary suddenly drops by with a retinue of 200 angels. And she's like, oh, Paul. So nice to see you. It, like, it makes, makes it seem like she's just walking the garden with yeah, her just, retinue of 200 angels and then stumbles across Paul. Yeah, yeah. and she's like, oh, this is the guy. Like, all the saints have been telling my son that they want to meet you. I'm mm -hmm. so excited to see you. Um, and then 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob stroll up. Yes, we met them in the first half briefly, but now we're meeting them again. Why not? And they're like, oh my God, it's Paul. It's like, Can't believe it. We were great men in our time, but I tell you what, you're a holy boy yourself Abraham as well. literally introduces Isaac and Jacob to, he's like, this is my son, Isaac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this is my grandson, Jacob. Um, We knew the Lord and followed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Paul knows who you are. Like he was raised as a Pharisee. The people reading this probably don't know. I mean, they maybe have heard of the patriarchs or whatever, but they may not know them by specific deeds. I guess not. And they, they act as if they're honored to meet Paul right. and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. When Paul grew up, like, you know, whatever. Twelve patriarchs of the twelve tribes of Israel show up. Which means that Benjamin is there, right? <sighs> no, I like Benjamin. Oh. I just don't like Benjamites. Yeah. Uh, Moses shows up and... <laughs> This is so fucked up. Moses is like, good job on converting all these Gentiles, Paul. Like, it's crazy how Gentiles follow our religion even better than Jews. Like, in fact, Jews are Christ killers. And uh, when they were crucifying Jesus, everyone up here in heaven was giving me major shit. They were like, look at what your people are doing. (laughs) First of all, everyone else we've met in heaven is also Jewish. So I don't know who these people were, these anti-Semites who were giving Moses shit. Did they not know that this was part of the plan? Yeah. Like... That no one could achieve salvation right. unless Jesus died. So that's a fun anti-Semitic interlude. Uh, then we meet we meet some more people. We meet martyrs who died violent deaths for the faith. Uh, we meet Lot. I don't, the order here is kind of baffling because, like, we started with Jesus. Like, we already saw Jesus. Right. And visited Jesus City. And then, like... Even within this scene, you would think it would build up to, like, Abraham and Moses. But no, we just got those out of the way, and now we're with Lot. I think we're working in order of, like, who's most famous. Oh. That's my guess. Interesting. Is that, like... So Virgin Mary, and then Abraham, and then down there. Well, you think Mary would be pretty famous. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, well, she's first. Oh, you think that direction? Oh, you you think opposite direction? You think Lot is more famous than Moses? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what the order is, because there's partially... A chronological element to it because you go from Abraham. Oh, so Abraham's the first one. Abraham through the patriarchs and then through some. But Lot is Abraham's nephew, so yeah. he comes before the twelve, the twelve patriarchs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking like, did people know the story of Lot, and so they were like, oh, that's that guy I heard of. I don't know. Anyway, I have no idea. It doesn't seem to make any sense. Then we get we get cameos from Job, mm-hmm. Noah. Mm-hmm. See, Noah's before everyone. That's true. Elijah and Elisha, all the same deal. They're all like. And they each give so excited to meet Paul and they each give like kind of awkward and sometimes not correct descriptions of what they're famous yeah, for. Yeah. Um, and then like Christianized versions of their stories. Yeah. Uh, and then that's the end, but different endings or different um, versions in different languages, like end at different points. Mm-hmm. So the Coptic version has even more cameos from like Adam and John the Baptist and stuff. The Syriac version gets extremely meta mm-hmm. it's like and then i paul wrote all this down and put it in a box under my house <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then after i died god sent an angel to you know <laughs> and then go to page that's, go to page two right exactly and that's the very thing you're reading which contains the very thing you're reading you know um i th- i liked mister's explanation mm-hmm. uh um which suggested that the coptic version had like the best ending because the Coptic one sort of built up and ended with Adam, ended with meeting Adam. Mm. And then Adam sort of explains like, oh, yeah, this is the real deal. 
this is super heaven. <laughs> um, God's the best. And then it ends. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It, it, it has a certain uh, structure to it if you end with Adam. I guess. Well, I mean, there's no structure in any of the other cameos, but meeting Adam at the end sure. seems like you're going back to the beginning. Sure. Anyway, I, just, I like that as a, as a description. But the Latin version just sort of cuts out right after meeting uh, Ezekiel or somebody. Uh, Elisha. Elisha. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is like, like, he's great. I mean, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Not like all all time. Got those she bears after those kids. That was cool. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. The end. The end. Apocalypse of Paul. We did it. I believe we have. We've gone on a journey along with our buddy, <laughs> Big P. And uh, that means there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Rate this book. Rate this book. Beautiful song. <laughs> Sing Rate like... Rate this book. Rate this book. <laughs> Sing like an angel. Oh, thank you, baby. How would you rate this book? I think I'm going to give it six out of 11 uh, dragons as body jewelry. Nice. Um, I mean, it's very fun. It's very fun mm-hmm. to read. Uh, never boring. However, somewhat badly plotted. Uh, <laughs> a few logical holes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I got to just, I got to mark it down just for like, popularizing the idea of hell mm-hmm. you know which i which is think is just like a an unhealthy thing to have uh in a society although you know most societies come up with some version of it or another and i will say that is that true most societies have some version of like a an, an afterlife where you get rewarded for being good and punished for being bad i think so hmm. i don't know for sure i mean i'm defining it pretty loosely mm. i don't know maybe i'm wrong Go get an anthropology degree and prove me wrong. You got it. I'll see you in nine years. <laughs> I will say May that. May I borrow $300,000? <laughs> Since Trump got elected, uh-huh. I have found the idea of Why hell. Why do all of your sentences start like that? <laughs> I have found the idea of hell more appealing. I never thought it was appealing before. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent the first half of my life being terrified of it. And then the second half being like, this is a terrible thing that we came up with. We shouldn't have done that. And now I'm like, you know. Some people deserve it. It would be great if Trump would go to hell Got and it. all his little cronies. Understood. Uh, what would you rate this book? I think I need to give it three out of eight. Probably rivers of milk. Okay. Just uh, for many of the same reasons that you did. Um, it's pretty fun. It's quite goofy, mm-hmm. I'd say. Love the unnecessary framing story. With the handoff between the man, the judge, and, and it the escalates emperor. very quickly to the emperor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love all of the moments where Paul is like, "Yes, but my question is, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, do you have the logistics of this all worked out? Right, because I think you're going to run out of room in those pits." Yeah, I love that. Whatever the author tried to anticipate people's first question <laughs> and had Paul ask it, and the angel hand wave it away. That kind of stuff, I think, is is admirable in a in a stupid like folktale kind uh-huh. of way, which is very much what this is. It's just like a yeah. weird folktale with Christianity sort of slapped on. Yeah, it's interesting that it like it involves going to hell for like specific doctrinal beliefs, uh-huh. but it's also super goofy. Yeah, and it's also like very much not based on you know it's like <laughs> it gets the doctrine kind of mustache. Yeah, too, yeah. <laughs> it's like you really don't have very much about like Jesus's death and how that redeems us you know it's it's like very old testament mm-hmm. turn or burn but then 
also it has to be because of Jesus, you right. know. Yeah. So yeah, for those reasons, um, it's not not a not a home run. It's worth a read though, I think. I mean, it's worth listening to this podcast episode. I don't I know agree. if it's worth a read. Yeah, ever nobody has wasted any time here today. Yeah. We um, can all agree. Except all that. our listeners, but <laughs> and us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well then let's uh crack open the mailbag. Um It's an extra juicy bag this week. It's so huge that we've actually decided we're we're not gonna read most of these emails. We are gonna uh curse and bless your pets. Mm-hmm. Um and then we'll either we'll respond to you personally by email if we haven't already. Um there is one email though that we need to read. Mm-hmm. And it's from our number one listener. Tammy, you may remember she wrote in, she had a brother with a tattoo that said El Shaddai, and she mm-hmm. was wondering what that meant. Um, now she writes in because she says she has a, another brother. Which is a, a huge bombshell for us, yeah, frankly. Yeah, big revelation in the Tammy Second canon. Second brother? Yeah. Um, she says, I have another brother, and I'm a little bit confused about his new life as a Hebrew Israelite. He told me that they follow the Old Testament instead of the New Testament. Does that mean that they don't acknowledge anything about Jesus Christ? Your loyal fan for life, Tammy. First of all, Tammy, we love you. Second of all, I'm extremely curious about your upbringing and what led to your brother's very different faith journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to provide you a whole lot of information about Hebrew Israelites. We had to look this up. Um, and we'd never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And we discovered that it's a small branch of religion where basically African-Americans convert to Judaism, mm-hmm. sort of. Sort of. But there's a lot of different branches of it. There's one branch that like they all live in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other branches where they, they're affiliated with Christianity somehow. So they use some parts of the New Testament. There's others that don't. It sounds like if your brother told you Old Testament instead of the New Testament, he's probably not dealing with Jesus. Right. <laughs> um, what he is dealing with, we're not exactly sure. Um, sorry we couldn't be more help. If any listeners have experience with this, please feel free to write in and educate us. Tammy, if you find out more, we'd love to hear from you again. Yeah, Tammy, I'm sorry we didn't know about that. It's very interesting, though. We encourage all our listeners to learn more about it if you haven't weird weird stuff good stuff yeah um okay so on to dogs and cats Mm -hmm. the most important part of this podcast correct uh we need to bless uh listener justin's dog zora who looks like uh probably like a lab pity mix who is quote super affectionate loves to cuddle and loves to roughhouse we need to curse cam's roommate's cat franklin because he is quote large and very pointy, and constantly tries to steal food from me and my cat, who is a perfect angel and has never done anything wrong in her life. Uh, listener John, who hosts the podcast Hell If We Know, sent us a cat named Salsa to curse. She's uh, spicy and chunky. Uh, he suspects she's already been cursed at some point, but still needs more. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as a dog named Wiley to bless, and also, quote, this drawing of a cat my friend put on my board while he was high. It's really important. We also need to curse Donna's cat, Yuki, who is a black cat with extremely dilated pupils, pictured next to a catnip banana. Cat looks ready to strike. 
uh, Alex's dog Murphy, who is very dumb but also very loving and deserves many blessings, according to Alex. And Caitlin's cat Jameson, who is intermittently possessed by demons and appears to welcome this experience. <laughs> also her dog Foster, a good boy who, quote, loves to be chased and towelled down after running in the rain. And her dog Rosie, a couch seal who wants to be petted at all times. At all times. Luckily, this is a text where it's very easy to find both blessings and curses because people are constantly being sent to heaven and hell. So, to Zora, Wiley, Murphy, Foster, and Rosie, I say, Let them be delivered unto Michael, the angel of the covenant, and let him lead them into the paradise of rejoicing that they become fellow heirs with all the saints. And to Franklin, Salsa, Yuki, Jameson, and the high drawing of a cat, I say, Let them be delivered unto the angel Tartaricus that is set over the torments, and let him cast them into the outer darkness where is weeping and gnashing of teeth, and let them be there until the great day of judgment. Dun, dun, dun. It's for cats. <laughs> and that'll do it for Sunday School Dropouts. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of us bloviating about bullshit. That's correct. You can find us on Twitter, if you want more of that, at SunSchoolDrop. And I'm on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill, spelled with an A like Shaquille spells it. And I'm on Twitter at Nico Bakulich, N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook at Sunschool Drop. Also, just a quick reminder, we haven't mentioned it in a little bit, but if you want to be a good person who's got all the right stuff, and I'm talking do, spiritually. If you want to do good deeds that are going to get you into the milk lake. Yeah, guaranteed get you a one-way ticket to dip in the milk lake, <laughs> pick the skin off, and wear it like a beautiful cape a thousand miles long. <laughs> Sounds actually very terrible. What you want to do is leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, you could be like Zach Gray, who gave us five stars and said, it's the most fun I've had learning about the Bible. You could be like Sean Newton, who coincidentally also gave us five stars <laughs> and claimed that they love our show. <laughs> Whether we can believe them or not, we won't say. Has not been independently verified. Uh, what else? Thank you to Elise Carlton for our logo, and thank you to Nico for our music editing and sound engineering. You're very welcome, my dear. We will be back next week with more Sandy School dropouts. Uh, just a quick reminder, we're on the RecordedHistory.net podcast network label. Check out RecordedHistory.net for more shows about things that have already happened. Indeed. My name is Nico. I'm Lauren. And we'll see you next week, probably on Sunday. Probably on Sunday. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 